You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. We are on episode number 15, which is hard to believe. Uh, my name is Scott Worthington. I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance Pittman here in Hope Church in Las Vegas. And uh, man, it's been amazing to hear and to uh, just get some responses about what God's doing through this podcast. So uh, I just want to say thank you on my behalf for what um, just the feedback we've gotten about this podcast. A lot of tweets, a lot of Instagram DMs and emails, people just saying thank you for what this podcast is doing. And so uh, keep it coming. We love to hear what God's doing. And also if you could leave us a rating or review um, on whatever uh, platform you get your podcast from, that would be super helpful. Helps get the word out for other people. Um, that is my sales pitch. I am done talking now. It's time for me to introduce the man of the hour, Vance Pittman. Vance, how you doing? Scott, doing great, man. Surviving uh, the winter here in Las Vegas. Just a week or so ago, we had the snowpocalypse here. Snowpocalypse. Where in two, two days in the same week in the desert, we had snow, and it is actually the kind of snow where it actually stayed on the ground for amazing. just a minute. And uh, people in Las Vegas, we don't know how to deal with that. We Lost live in a desert. Their minds. Yeah, they did. Uh, you couldn't buy milk or bread. It was crazy, <laughs> but it was uh, it was a blast, man. The beauty of the desert covered in snow. You just are reminded of the greatness of God and His creation, and just how awesome He is. So, no, it's great, man. We're we're doing great. Las Vegas is it's happening. It's great. We, uh, we're going to jump in right into some awesome content today. And um, I want to encourage you, if you didn't listen to last uh, month's episode, got a lot of great feedback on that. I asked Vance a bunch of questions that we got from you, the listeners, and I tried to have him answer those in three minutes or less, uh, which was a fun time. But a lot of great content kind of from different um, avenues of ministry and leadership. And so go check that out. But we're going to jump into another great episode of content today, um, really talking about when a leader faces opposition. Um, Two months ago in our staff meeting, every uh, second Monday of every month in our at Hope Church, we have a staff meeting, basically time to celebrate wins and what God's doing in our church. And uh, Vance usually gives some sort of leadership talk and just kind of encourages our staff as our pastor. And uh, I wish two months ago in January, we could have had a recording device there, right there, because what God had just given Vance right out of his God time, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, was just really, really, really good quality stuff. And it is on this idea of leaders facing opposition. Every leader, no matter what they are leading, no matter what sphere they're leading, whether they're in the church or they're in the business world, that they're stay-at-home moms leading kids, like we face opposition as leaders. And God just gave Vance a real strong word that I told him, man, we got to get that on the podcast because that is going to bless and encourage many, many leaders around the country and around the world. So that is what we're talking about today. I'm going to pass the ball to Vance here in just a minute, but we're going to talk this month about leaders facing opposition. Vance, tell us a little more. Well, Scott, you just said it. Every leader, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what sphere uh, your leadership is in, if it's education, business, ministry, household, whatever it is, we all face opposition. If you think you can lead and never face opposition, you're living in a fantasy world. And opposition comes from a lot of different situations are a lot of different sources. Sometimes opposition comes into the life of a leader because they're leading change. They're bringing change to an organization or change to a ministry. And change can bring 
opposition. People can be opposed and resistant to change. Sometimes it has nothing to do with you changing anything. Sometimes it's personality-driven. People will have unique personalities that you're trying to lead, and those differing personalities can bring some opposition. Sometimes it's uh, resource and, and, and how resources are being allocated that can bring about opposition. Sometimes it has nothing to do with that, but as a Christian, in your sphere of influence, you need to know that if you're leveraging your job, your skill, and your passion to be used for the sake of the kingdom being expanded, doesn't matter if you're a pastor or in ministry or if you're a banker or a school teacher, if you're a Christian using your job, skill, and passion to live on mission, the enemy has his target on you and you will face spiritual attack. There will be opposition that will come into your life that is purely nothing more than spiritual warfare happening in your life. So a leader needs to have his eyes or his or her eyes wide open understanding <clears throat> that chain or excuse me that opposition is a reality in this thing of leadership. And so I'm in my God time right now. I'm reading through the uh, book of Numbers. I'm in the Old Testament book of Numbers just walking through it and it's been just a profound study. Uh, in my own life, personally, just rereading some of these stories again. And I came across Numbers chapter 12. By the time you get to Numbers chapter 12, obviously Moses is leading the people of Israel. They have left Egypt. They are wandering around in the wilderness. Um, Aaron and Miriam, um, Moses' brother and sister, are leading alongside him. They are involved in, in what's happening day to day. And everything had been pretty smooth and kind of out of the blue. You get to chapter 12, and here's what the Bible says uh, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And verse 2 says, And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? So here's Moses. He's leading. He's doing what God called him to do. And as a leader, Moses is facing opposition. And I think it's important to note that the opposition he faced came from the people that were the closest to him. These were not people he anticipated being opposed to him. These were not. These were the closest counselors in his life. These were the people that he was leading alongside of. He was leading with them. And the other thing is that the, the, the accusation, the opposition that was coming was totally unfounded, and it had absolutely nothing to do with his effectiveness as a leader. Moses was leading very effectively. And yet at the, they, they bring this charge, you know, they say, well, it says they spoke against him because he married a Cushite woman. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit of God knew this had literally nothing to do with Moses' leadership because in parentheses, the Holy Spirit inspired it again. For he married a Cushite woman. Like, that had absolutely nothing to do with what he was leading uh, the children of Israel to do. And yet, they found this stick that they could swing at Moses, and they began to swing it at Moses and come against him in opposition. And what you, as you read through the next 15, 16 verses, you see how Moses responded to this opposition. And what God began to speak into my heart that morning was some characteristics of what it looks like. Um, to respond in a Christ-like way in the face of opposition as a leader. So I have two observations so far. First, if you thought 
that the book of Numbers was just mistakenly put in the word of God and can't get anything out of it. You can spend time in the book of Numbers and God speaks. Again, this was a powerful moment for our church staff. I'm actually in the book of Numbers myself right now. And just some really, really cool things after all the censuses and all those types of things, God can really speak. The second thing um, is that if, if this is not a part of something, if you're like thinking through your leadership and going, man, I'm good. I'm gonna go to the next episode. This, as Vance said, is something we're gonna talk about four characteristics that he saw in the life of Moses um, from the book of Numbers. Bookmark this in your life because it's not if it's going to happen, it's when you are going to face opposition as a leader. And so out of Numbers chapter 12, Vance, give us these four characteristics that kind of rose to the top in Moses's life as we see here in this situation. Sure thing, Scott, and you just said it very well. You may be in a place right now where you're not facing opposition, but if you're leading, I promise you it's coming. It's kind of like you've heard somebody say you're either in a storm, headed into a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. It's somewhat like that with opposition with a leader. You are either facing opposition, you have just led through a situation where you faced opposition, or opposition is coming. It is going to happen. So here's what Moses does when he, verse, so you get this accusation, Miriam and Aaron, the people he least expected to oppose him have now come against him. And here's what the Bible records for us in verse three. Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. (laughs) Wow. Um, God here is speaking about Moses and it says he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. So here's this opposition. And the first thing you see in Moses as a leader is humility. Humility was a defining mark of his life. Now, what Moses could have done is Moses could have thought pretty highly of himself. I mean, Moses could have said, "Uh, excuse me, Miriam and Aaron, come here for a second. Remember that burning bush story? Uh, uh, Yeah, that was me. Uh, Do you remember the guy that God called to go to the children of Israel that he chose as his guy? Uh, That was me. Do you remember the guy who led through the plagues and was the guy that stood in front of Pharaoh and the guy that uh, parted the Red Sea? Uh, You remember that guy? That was me. So who do you think you are bringing accusations against me? And yet Moses, in his humility, understood that that was never Moses. It was all God himself using Moses. It was the hand of God on Moses and not Moses. He remained humble before the Lord. And he recognized it was only the grace of God that had put him in that position of leadership. And so humility defined that, well, the natural tendency of our flesh as leaders is to react based on, well, who do you think you are? Who do you think's leading this thing? But Moses in humility was willing to walk through this understanding. It's not about Moses. It's about God's sovereignty and choosing and by his grace, putting Moses in a position to lead. That's amazing. The second of these, as you continue on and read down, is you you get down to then verse five, where the Bible says, then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent of meeting and he called Aaron and Miriam. When they'd both come forward, he said, hear now my words. And I think this is an important point to link humility to what I'm about to say. Um, you can go defend yourself and fight your battle, or you can humble yourself before the Lord and let the Lord fight your battle. And that's what Moses did. He humbled himself before the Lord. Moses is not recorded here even responding to their accusation. But the Bible says Moses didn't, but God did. (laughs) God said, hey, Miriam and Aaron, come here, let's have a meeting. So he brings them in and says, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. 
He is faithful in all my household. Listen to what this says in verse eight. With him, I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings, and he beholds the form of the Lord. It reminded me of what the Bible tells us about Moses in Exodus chapter 33, when the Bible says the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, not uh, just as a man speaks to his friend. God here says, man, I am intimate with Moses. And this idea of speaking openly, it means it was unmistakable evidence of the glorious presence of God. And here's what I learned about Moses. In the face of opposition, he maintained humility, but he also maintained a sense of intimacy with God that was a defining mark of his life. Every step of Moses' leadership life was taken in communion with God. Like I said, I've been reading in the book of Numbers now for several uh, weeks in my God time. I'm now over in like chapter 27, 28 uh, of Numbers, and in every single chapter in the book of Numbers, except for two so far, where the Bible took a detail and it told the story of, of Balaam for two chapters. But in every chapter where Moses is mentioned, let me tell you what you find. You read the book of Numbers, and so far I'm only in 27, but here's what I found in every chapter, a line that says this, now the Lord said to Moses, in every chapter in the book of Numbers, they got, Moses lived in an intimate walk with the Father. So face of opposition, there was humility. There was a humility born out of this second piece, which is intimacy with God. He was living in fellowship with the Father. Here's the third thing I noticed. As you continue on down, verse 9, it says, So the anger of the Lord burned against them. Now, here's why that's interesting. The Bible never says Moses got angry at Moses and Miriam or at, at Aaron and Miriam, but the Bible says God did. Hmm. I'm sure Moses was dealing with emotion. The Bible just doesn't tell us, but the Bible says God got angry with them. Here's what we see in Moses: not anger at Miriam and Aaron. What you see in Moses is faith and trust, faith in God's sovereignty and trust in God's plan. He had faith that God was in control of this, even though they were coming against him. God, you're sovereign, you're in control. And he had trust that God was going to use even their opposition for Moses' good and their and, and God's own glory. Uh, one of my favorite books, I've probably already recommended it on the podcast. It's by a guy named Roy Hessian called The Calvary Road. I read it, try to read it at least every year, every other year. My, one of my favorite quotes in the book, Roy Hessian says this, Others' ways and doings may not be God's will for them, but it's definitely God's will for you. Point being, if somebody comes against me in opposition, they may or may not have the right heart. They may or may not have the right attitude. They may or may not say the right thing. What they said about Moses was wrong. It was not God's will for Miriam and Aaron to say that against Moses, but it was God's will for Moses for them to say it. Because there was some stuff in Moses that God wanted to do that he couldn't do without this opposition that was facing him. And Moses had a humility and an intimacy that allowed him to walk in faith and trust that God was still in control even in the faith of, face of opposition. Here's the fourth and final thing, and, and then um, we'll finish with this one. But as you read on down through the story, you get to verse 13. And here's what it says about Moses. This is the first thing Moses says. So what happened in, in verses 10 and 11 is God caused Miriam to be struck down with leprosy. And she's 
at the point of death and dying. And Aaron comes to Moses and in verse 11 says, man, I'm begging you, do not let on account of this sin to us uh, in which we've acted foolishly, in which we have sinned. He's basically saying, don't let this, don't let this hurt us. And Moses in verse 13, listen to what it says. Moses cried out to the Lord saying, oh God, heal her, I pray. The only thing we see Moses doing in this entire passage in the face of opposition is trusting God and praying for those who oppose him. It's almost like something Jesus said when he said, bless those who persecute you. Here Moses in the face of opposition, and I'm not saying that there aren't times we need to confront opposition and navigate through that. There are, but I think too often that's our first response rather than faith, humility, intimacy. So what Moses here demonstrates as a leader in the face of opposition is he demonstrates grace and forgiveness towards others. Moses knew he'd experienced much grace and forgiveness in his own life, and so he reciprocated that in his relationships to others. Moses could have held a grudge and said, Moses could have said, listen, you got what you deserve, man. You brought this on yourself, but he didn't. Moses is crying out to God passionately on the the behalf of the people who just opposed him. And so we're going to face opposition. How do we handle it? I think Moses is a good example. We have uh, humility, understanding who we are is who we are by the grace of God. We walk in intimacy with God. We trust and have faith that he's sovereign and he's in control and that his plan is best. And then we demonstrate grace and forgiveness on the backside of dealing with those things. And I don't want you to miss, if you're listening to this, the, the, the way these build on each other, Vance kind of mentioned it briefly, but the only way a man like Moses or any man or woman on planet earth is as humble as Moses is if it's born out of that intimacy with God. The only way you trust and have faith in God to do your bidding and to, and to, and to fight for you, if you will, is to have that intimacy with God that produces that humility and the only way you can forgive this opposition and, and in, the, in the face of, I mean, just betrayal and all those different things is to trust and have faith in God who is fighting for you because of the intimacy. The, I mean, it, it all builds on each other and it's so cool to see um, not only this in the word, but also the stuff that, I mean, we've been sharing in this podcast now for 15 episodes that you've been teaching me in my life for 12 years now. Just everything is born out of intimacy with God. And we see that not just in the life of Jesus, not just in the, the stories you've heard us tell here on this podcast, but even when when a brother and a sister come against their other brother and make an accusation that's just unfounded, you see Moses walking in that way. So anything else as we finish up, Vance, that you would just encourage our leaders with when it comes to facing opposition? Well, I would affirm what you just said, and that is um, there would not have been a chapter 12 response from Moses if there hadn't have been 11 chapters of Moses prayed to the Lord and the Lord spoke to Moses and the Lord said to Moses and Moses listened to the Lord. So it was that intimate fellowship relationship that prepared Moses' heart to be right in moments of opposition. Otherwise, in moments of opposition, what is happening is I'm reacting. And my reaction, there are times that my actions are in my flesh, but apart from intimacy with God, my reactions are always going to be in the flesh. Only born out of intimacy with the Father can my reactions be that which are pleasing to him. Uh, and it, it all rises and falls on that thing of intimacy. Here's a, here's a quote I, I was hanging out uh, Monday uh, with a buddy of mine, Matt Carter, who pastors a great church, Austin Stone, down in Austin, Texas. Here's what Matt said. I love this. If you love your ministry more than you love your Savior, your Savior will eventually have nothing to do with your ministry. 
And it's that principle of intimacy again, that it's that, that what we do in leadership and ministry or in any other sphere that you're leading is about is born out of intimacy with the Father. And I think that's what you see here in Moses, and that's why he was prepared to respond to opposition. That's awesome. So if you are a leader right now facing opposition, we hope you will maybe listen to this again, get your team around you and listen to this. We believe that we gave you today four uh, characteristics right out of the book of Numbers that can encourage you and equip you to handle the opposition that you are facing. Again, if you're not facing it, uh, bookmark this because you will be eventually. And we just want to say thank you so much for listening and to sending in your questions. We got a lot of questions that we want to do another three-minute drill episode with Vance. And so you can continue to send those in to us. You can hit Vance up on social media, just Vance Pittman on Instagram or Twitter. Um, also, you can email him at Vance at HopeChurchOnline.com. We are collecting more questions that we would love to answer in another three-minute drill episode very soon. So hope you're enjoying your March. We will see you again in April for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at HopeChurchOnline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.